Adams, a left footer, remember? And they go shallow. Oh, yeah. Tom Burgess down the middle. Dane Laurie in his way. Tom Burgess! He's dropped it. He has claimed it! Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional gamblers. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got the kid, MG. How are you, Nico? Morning. Very fired up this morning. And uh, and Darcy Spink, she's been to the gym this morning, fresh as. Yes, 5.30am wake up. Nice, nice one. MG, been in the gym? Uh, just missed the 5.30 alarm myself, yep. I'm, uh, I'm good. It's easy to do. Yeah, got the 7.30 alarm to get in here nice and early, so I'm uh, ready to go. Mm, I had an early night watching Lego Masters. What was on the TV last night at your place, Mark? Uh, I watched the uh, Women's Best and Fairest count, the W Awards. Oh, it's very been, good. Fell asleep on the couch? No, no, it was very good production. Uh, you know, unlike you, I was, uh, I'm up and about in the women's game. And, uh, Who was, was best uh, dressed? Uh, fashion's your go, Darcy, so I don't <laughs> want to comment. And uh, it was uh, there were some interesting fashion I'd, I'd call. Um, but um, no, it was good. Congratulations to both uh, Davy of Collingwood and um, the Fremantle girl, both tied on 15 votes mm. for hours. So uh, very close count, and um, oh, the awards were good. Mm. You missed the missed all the fashion and fanfare of the women's Brownlow? Yeah, I actually didn't know it was on. Um, Thanks for letting me know, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) No heads up. Speaking of letting us know, where was our uh, invite to the winery on the weekend, Darcy? You just left us out there. Which which winery did you go to? Uh, We went to Linden Dairy. Oh, nice. um, In Red Hill, and then we went to Montalto. It was a big day. We got back to Melbourne around 7 p.m., um, and we pretty much went straight home. We were all dead. <laughs> um, but it was so much fun. No wine bought home for us? No samples? No, no, you forgot that? Or no, you, drunk, I... you, you drunk them on the way home? I, yeah, I think I drank it all. I'm still recovering. No, missed out again, Nico. Yeah, well. You Next didn't, time. You, <laughs> you didn't miss out, and uh, Darcy's Tigers didn't miss out either. They were scintillating against the uh, the Saints. Yeah, they were um, they were awesome. Um, went and watched a match, and uh, yeah, it was great. They um, really made a statement. I think uh, Coach Hardwick just released the released the, the brakes on them on uh, on the weekend because they know they got r- t- two tough games coming up against uh, both undefeated sides, Melbourne and Bulldogs, in the next two weeks. And I think like a good trainer, he's just sharpened them up. And St Kilda wore the full brunt on the weekend. Mm. Richmond were awesome. Looks like you've got the cobwebs out of your system too. The form starting to uh, be a little bit easier to pick apart. You went four out of five of your best bets. It was a demolition job for you. But uh, we'll just put a graphic up on the screen now. The bookies wrap round five. I think there was seven out of nine favourites uh, got the job done. It was six out of nine at the line, 67% there. And the totals were four out of nine. There's been a little bit of talk uh, on the Twitter sphere. And in general terms, that coaches are starting to figure out the new rules and the game's going a little bit defensive. But the way the totals um, have been running, it's about 50-50 split. So you wouldn't say it's been more defensive? Yeah, another rule change that uh, had a lot of media exposure at the start of the year that hasn't increased the scoring at all. Which one's that, the the man on the mark? Yeah. Yep. Well, it was a big saver, wasn't it? Um, You know, it was marketed as it would increase scoring, increase goals, increase the flow, all this kind of stuff. Um, and what are we, five weeks in and the coaches have already figured it out. So um, the scoring hasn't really changed too much, actually. There's still a lot of ugly games, which we uh, we see week in, week out. So, yeah, I think it's just about average, um, you know, and once winter sets in with the weather, I don't think it'll change too much. Mm. We'll talk about uh, your sting uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes, but uh, something that got up my goat, and it doesn't take much for me to get angry, I must say, but uh, Liam Shields took a mark right on the siren in the Hawthorne game, and it didn't affect the result of the game, but 
he was he went back and had a shot outside the 50 arc and most players can't run straight and buddy franklin has been having set shots and not being called play on for as long as i can remember with his natural arc but if buddy had taken the same shot as liam shields did after siren that would have been allowed to be counted but the umpires said that the Liam Shields kick, even though it fell short of the mark, wasn't going to register because it's play on because he's deviated from his line. So we've got this stickler rule. If a player is stationary, taking a mark after the siren, you cannot deviate whatsoever off your line. But then in regular play, you're allowed to go a couple of feet either side, basically run past the bloke on the mark before it's play on. Before it's play on. It is absolutely absurd. And that's point blank of where this rule is completely broken. Mm-hmm. If this is going to cause massive drama for a kick after the siren, let's say mm. it's going to decide a match, which a lot of these umpires, or umpiring decisions at the moment are making massive consequential um, influences in the game. You can look at Geelong's performances with the Brisbane Lions game, the Hawthorne game versus Geelong. They should be travelling a lot worse than what they are, but the umpires have helped Geelong out. But it's going to come to a stage where maybe it is Lance Franklin after the siren to decide a game, and the letter of the law is if you deviate off the mark, which Buddy naturally will, he'll go back and kick the goal, and there'll be uproar because all of a sudden that that won't be counted, or will it? And here's the the limbo again. They won't be pulling Buddy up. It'll definitely be counted. Uh, I can't imagine... Buddy Franklin kicks a goal after the siren or after the uh, the quarter finishes and they bring it back because he ran off. Yeah, I don't understand it because you either got to run in a straight line um, and it's the same rule or you've got to wait for the umpire to call play on. So, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a difficult one. Um, but again, it's just it's the AFL setting up the rules. Too difficult for the umpires to manage. And also it's game to game. Mm. So some umpires would have let that go um, and, and, you know, the result would have been what it had been. So... Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's another one for the fans to get irate about, I guess. Mm. Well, do it, apart from you going four out of five, what was your whole highlight of the weekend? Uh, well, I had a few highlights, actually. Um, I, uh, I like the, um, the GWS Swans game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> saved your bottle of goose there, uh, Nico. Um, no, it was a good good finish. Poor finish by Sydney's defence, but um, it was an important win for GWS, and uh, we thought that line was uh, a tad big. Well, some of us did in the room. Um, but, uh, yeah, class of Kelly got him home again in the end. So uh, although Toby Green kicked one goal seven, uh, he would have been hung if um, Kelly didn't get him over the line, I think. Mm, it was uh, the highlight of my weekend was Port Adelaide. It was a demolition job, and it was a funny one. We couldn't really figure out why the market keeps or has favoured Carlton and why it keeps favouring. Like we spoke about the the Gold Coast Suns victory for Carlton, and it looked really lacklustre. Whereas Port had uh, played so well against the Tigers the week before. It's 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 funny, isn't it? Uh, the market has a lot more respect for Carlton than um, I guess us and and other punters that we know. Yeah, it's um. I, I just think there's there's some areas of the market that do bet heavily, and and um, the modelers are one group. And you, you often find if you can pick them up early, you know when to bet early or bet late in games. Um, Carlton's definitely one that they've latched on to from the start of the year, and you know that's more built around what their best side looks like, how their players are rated, and that you know they get a high modeling rating. So at the moment, Carlton for the last. Four out of the last five weeks, mm. um, being very well supported. So, just you know, it's another element that you put into your price assessing and when you bet. 
Um, you know, and I expect this week against Brisbane is another case example. You know, I think Brisbane uh, looked the side to be on, um, but again, it's, I just think it's a wait and see game, um, a bit like last week with Port. Um, that uh, you know, you can wait and see, and you might get the best price Brisbane later on in the week. If you like Carlton by the other tone, uh, you've got to get on early because the modelers will move the market if they like them. Mm. And uh, I guess the Adelaide, um, you got the market right in Adelaide, but uh, we got the result completely wrong. So you can't get them all right. Um, no. But that no. was a little bit of a, a, a sour taste on, on a Sunday afternoon and cost you the perfect perfect round. Fremantle might be a little bit better than you you think. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm not diving into Fremantle better than I think. I know exactly where Fremantle are at. <laughs> um, I think I may have just not overrated Adelaide. I just expect the way Adelaide were going. Uh, being at home, I just thought they'd get the job done. Um, yeah, they, I mean they were twelve points up at half time, um, and most sides when they're into the match, leading at half time, they should get the job done. Um, Fremantle played well the second half, ended up running over them by twelve points. But um, yeah, they're both. Uh, both average to bottom sides, I would have thought. Fremantle might run, you know, maybe around the 10th, 12th mark. Um, Adelaide look like they're on the on the decline already. Mm. It's uh, it's going to be a fascinating week of AFL this week coming up. But before we start to go any further with that, let's have a let's have a little bit of a chat about the sting and the tail. And the first one I'm going to pop up a little graphic on the screen is the Anzac Day jumper clash. You've basically got. A black and sort of greyish Collingwood uh, jumper, and then you've got Essendon all black with the red poppies. It is an absolute nightmare. Where a friend of the show, Lenny Phillips, has summed up beautifully in his tweet there. But how is this so <laughs> difficult? These clash strips. I saw GWS launched a pretty good clash strip against the Swans last week, and it was all navy and even Dars from a fashion point of view. <laughs> it looked pretty classy. The, uh, the the Giants strip, and it just it doesn't make any sense to me that sides just can't go a little bit more outlandish for these promotional games. They'll probably sell thousands of these these jumpers anyway from a merchandising perspective as well. Yeah, I don't, I, it's not it's not the look of the jumpers though. It's just the plain and simple of the viewing both yeah, on television the and live. There's got to be one dark, one light. I mean, how hard is it? You know, whoever ticks on off this off on the AFL has had a mare again. Um, and it seems to happen, not frequently, but it happens a couple of times every year. Um, so I'm not sure what the process is. I'd love to the AFL just to put up a little video or explain it to themselves where one person sits in the office and they get the nine games light and dark comes through and he ticks it off and he sees two darks and he ticks them off. Like, mm. you know, at what point do they go, oh, this, this might make it hard for the commentators, the viewers, and even the players playing the game. Who's on what side? Yeah, so, exactly. yeah it's disappointing. And, and to think that they might not fix it up before the game um, is worse for mine. The other, uh, the other big issue, and Jared Healy keeps talking about it on the couch, and it's probably the, one of the key takeaways, and the only takeaway from from that show. But no crowds, no maximum crowds at the moment. I know Dars is dying to get to more uh, more footy, but we're still operating at sort of seventy five percent crowds. Like, when are we going to get back to this normal? How many days in a row have we been COVID free? It's like fifty in a row, mm. or. Like, yeah. fair enough, we've got international flights coming in, but when are we going to start taking risks in our life and letting people go back to doing what they like to do? Like, Is that all around Australia? Yes. It's, yeah. And it's definitely here. It's, okay. yeah. it's yeah. a shocker. And, and for the races, it's a similar boat. They've still got these silly little zones yeah. and you can only get twelve or 15,000 in certain zones and the whole thing's just a circus. Like, yeah, it what, is. What's it going to have to take for us to get back to... Big crowds, and it's affecting local and grassroots. It's it's affecting everyone. Like, yeah, I, I just think, um, uh, you know, I th it's not the AFL that are making these decisions. What's the government? 
Yeah, it's the government. So the AFL clearly come out, and obviously this is a big weekend, Anzac Anzac weekend. Obviously they get some big crowds, both on um, the Collingwood Essendon game at the MCG, but also the um, the um, Anzac Eve game this week, Melbourne and Richmond. Um, also at the MCG, they'd get probably 89 mm. at least. Um, could even get a bigger crowd with they should with the standard uh, compared to the Essendon Collingwood game. So the AFL will be dying, and also the clubs to get get a full house in. So it is disappointing if um, the Victorian government doesn't come to the party in the next, what are we talking, 48 hours to allow people to get in um, because I think the people really get around this weekend with a couple of good games, um, pay their respects for the Anzacs as well. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an issue one, and it's a good segue into the next segment with this. I don't want to touch on it too heavily, but <coughs> Collingwood are saying that a lack of staff is part of the reason why they've had this uh, this mobile phone scandal with Dugowie, uh going and grabbing the phones after they've been injured to contact their family and stuff like that. But it is, like, Football clubs have been depleted because of this COVID stuff. When all of a sudden you can't get the gate takings up and you can't fully stock the footy departments. So there is a problem in footy land with people going across multiple roles. Like friends of mine have been cut from, from jobs from AFL clubs. And when are they going to get you know a chance to operate at full capacity? Because the clubs do need the money to keep operating. But I don't think it's a good excuse for Collingwood to say that we're understaffed. This protocol is a pretty easy one. You lock the phones up. But I, I do actually feel sorry for the players. Well, naturally, if you go off injured, the first thing that you you know mentally think about is, all right, well, I'll let my, my partner or my family know that I'm okay. But, um, well, I think yeah, Collingwood love breaking the rules, don't they, MG? They've got a long rap sheet, um, and unfortunately they've had a, a long-serving coach now who's, who's had a fair few incidents under his leadership. Um, so I, I think for, not just for Collingwood, it happens at other clubs as well, but just for this incident with Collingwood, um, I just think it comes back to a couple of things. It's the standards you set at your club. Um, it's the accountability that runs from the coach down, and it's also about leadership. Now, if, you've, if you're a professional athlete, and this is how you've, I think you've got to break it down, they all know the rules. Now, whether it's drugs, alcohol, phones, whatever it is, um, as a professional footballer, you must know the rules. And the accountability that you live by is part of the paycheck that you receive. So the players definitely know that you're not allowed to be on the phones during uh, two hours before the game. Um, and yes, the phones were meant to be locked up. Now, that's a separate issue to say you're understaffed and everything like that. They could have passed it on to a, um, a water boy, a runner, whatever, you know. Mm. Let's just get the jobs done. Um, but the, the players definitely sh- definitely should have known. Um, and for the coach to come out on Media Street, I think it was your show, 360, that you love watching. <laughs> I can't um, watch it. And for him to half joke about it, and he was a bit blasé in his response, I didn't like it. It's not a good look, again, for the club um, to say that um, he blamed the concussion why he went and grabbed the two phones. Now, there's a few things here. Um, you know, how received his phone off to get Dugowie? Was he concussed? So, mm-hmm. again, where, where's the leadership and knowing the rules? So, how should have at least pulled Dugowie up, not taken his phone and also worked out a problem? If they wanted to ring their family and stuff, which is 100% fine because they were away from home, then they should have an emergency phone, which, you know, I think they do when the staff member who mm-hmm. couldn't go because he was in Brisbane the week before, I think that was the reason that was rolled out, who was meant to lock the lock the box and if players are injured he gives them the phone to call their their loved ones so broke down on many levels and i just think collingwood as a club you know they're looking after a lot of members and they're having a very poor start to the year results on the field i don't think they need these incidents off the field so i think it comes back to those three things it's standards you set the accountability from the coach down and it's also so about leadership and unfortunately scott pendlebury again has to come out 
and uh, basically defend. he has to defend, make the excuses and try and move forward. So not a big incident and I don't think, you know, I think the media beat it up. Yeah, they said um, they got hit with a large fine. 20000 is not a large fine. No. Uh, Nico bets that in an afternoon here downstairs. So <laughs> let's, let's not pretend a club like Collingwood gives um, two shakes about a $20,000 no. $20, fine. If they were serious, um, even though both players are injured, uh, they probably should look at taking premiership points off to show the Can serious I, of these things. I'm just a little bit um, behind here, but what talk me like, talk me through like the no phones two hours before the game. Well, and it's then... about betting. It's about betting. So they're happy oh. on one hand to take wagering dollars, the AFL, but then they want to be seen to be heavy-handed when a player may um, put himself in a position where he could, you know, be in touch with someone to affect the outcome of the game, but. Like, dear me, those players are off the ground. The prize is already gone. It's they're jumping at shadows here. It's just complete. It's complete garbage. It's yeah. I don't think it's about that, Nico. I think it's the it's the overall for for all sports going through. And you know, I I heard the story in cricket. If you handle a phone during game time in cricket, you get two years. Mm. So oh, that's how that's a better that's a better way to do it. That's how serious it is. So you <clears> want to <throat> see a cricketer go for his phone during the play? Um, it's it's no ifs or buts in that. There's no way out of it. And cricketers get injured as well. You don't see them going for mm. their phones to ring their family. Um, again, that's a part of being a professional athlete. Mm. Uh, it's like the stuff you put in your body. Um, you are responsible for it. How would you go with uh, two hours away from the dog and bone dance? You'd, you'd struggle, wouldn't you? Influence a lot yourself? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> no, I'm oh, I would be okay. I'd be okay. But surely, like, if the rules are that serious, the phones um, would be locked away. Correct, mm. and this is a part this of the is issue, that, but, yeah. uh, you know, again, I think what, um, you know, people get uh, a, a little confused by is the, is the penalty's not there. So if the oh, rules if the rules meant to be in place and it's meant to be serious, which for the integrity of the game it is, and we've had past players in um, past years gone by who have been caught betting, mm-hmm. um, so it's something you don't uh, want in the game. Um, I just think, you know, if it's a serious rule, let's make it a serious penalty. Otherwise, do away with the rule mm. and cop the consequences. Exactly. The uh, the heat is on that issue, but there's more heat on Collingwood at the moment. They've got Essendon in the Anzac Day clash, a real danger game for them. We've got uh, the Saints also. I tell you what, they got uh, they got Port next, and the other team under severe severe pressure is Geelong. They've got West Coast at home, and that is a big big danger game. We did a little poll and said who's been the most disappointing team for the season, and uh, the Saints were the obvious there. They got 36% of the vote with the Cats, 28% of the vote. Collingwood, 18%, and Carlton, 17%. So it uh, it was a huge, huge... Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge form from Grace, Geelong. They were $5.50, uh, $6 favourites. Everyone sort of fell into them pre-post. We all thought, you know, the, the new recruits would do the job, but it's clearly the new rules aren't helping. And it's a funny one. It's hard for clubs now to plan with these rule changes who knew the game was going to be this fast and this different and it's it's a nightmare isn't it yeah you're pretty happy this week uh geelong have finally got out to a price that uh (laughs) you're not going to pot them at uh i think the bulldogs and geelong have virtually swapped prices from the start of the year a bit um yeah they've uh, they've got a big game this week they wouldn't want to lose to home uh to west coast um and maybe dangerfield's a bit iffy about whether he'll play so um that would be a big loss going into the game 
Mm, huge. We might take a break, but uh, for the rest of the show, we're going to review round five or preview round six. We've got Top Rope Tedeschi off a horror. He's probably been in the dungeon. Again, he is in damage control there, but we'll look at the NRL preview as well. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame. Lock of the week. Oh, my God, Josh Kelly, you have absolutely destroyed me with that little snap around the corner. Looks like Mark's in the driver's seat there, and Top Rope, as we've said, has had a horror. But if you're betting this weekend, Ars... Topsport.com.au, family owned and run for 30 years. Bet with a bookmaker you can trust and please gamble responsibly. Up next, we'll zip through the AFL review. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoo. We've got MG and Darcy with me and it's time to look at the AFL round five, what we learned. We're just going to put uh, some of the results up on the screen now, but it was uh, the Tigers, 86-point winners there against the Saints. We've sort of spoken about that game. I didn't think I learnt much about that, but all of a sudden, Richmond have found their gear, and it looks like the sleeping giant has been awoken. So it's a, it's a massive, massive build-up to this Saturday night's uh, Anzac Day Eve against the Ds. It'll be the ultimate litmus test for them this week, that's for sure. West Coast Collingwood, interesting one. They had a couple of injuries through during the game, as we've mentioned earlier. I need to make a public apology to Oscar Allen. He has gone to the next level. He was taking hangers left, right, and center. He's kicked five goals. MG, you're all over this nice and early, but uh, the big O, Oscar, he's landed, hasn't he? Yeah, little sneaky, uh, little sneaky Coleman bet at the start of the year that you laughed at. I think we'll have to bring up that clip. I'll have to dig into it, and uh, I think there was a slight pot there as well. I don't think you'd heard of him before, but um, no, he's listen. What a game he played! Um, and if you haven't seen it, watch the replay because um, that was his dominant forward display mm. from a twenty-two-year-old, as you'll see, uh, in a red-hot forward line. Um, so, yeah, that was very good. And Darlene was obviously, I think they kicked 10 goals too between them, Darlene and Oscar Allen. So you shouldn't be losing too many games when your, uh, your big forwards are doing that. So um, Collingwood, unfortunately, had some injuries. Um, they're where they're at. And uh, West Coast get it done at home again. Mm. Looks like he's had a massive, massive season, the off-season. Oscar Allen in the gym. Uh, done some of Darcy's work there. Yeah, he just looks bigger and stronger. And he's just taking like, screamers, like pack mark screamers. And yeah. the way he's kicking the ball at goal, just yeah. absolute darts. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know... He, to his um, to the other's defence, obviously he's uh, the third forward in the forward line, and he is getting uh, probably a lesser defender on him. Um, but yeah, as you said, he's uh, you know he's played two or three good, really good games at the moment, and his uh, kicking for goal is excellent. Um, he gets a big tick, and so does Darling, and um, others around the AFL that are struggling to kick for goal should uh, get that get that replay out and have a look at how it's done. The Western Bulldogs, 62-point winners over Gold Coast Suns. They are absolutely on fire. But, again, they've had probably one of the softest draws, and we'll learn more about them on the road against the Giants, who have actually started to turn things around a little bit, the GWS. It looked really dire early for them, but um, they've beaten Swans, who have shown pretty strong form, and maybe the Swans are starting to plateau there as well. So Yeah, we... Yeah, we kind of thought maybe Swans would just, you know, got off to a fast start, which they did. Um, they've had, to be fair, they've had four crucial injuries in the last two weeks with uh, Heaney and Franklin, Rampy, and also mm. now their Ruckman Hickey. So um, it's going to be, um, you know, a big test this week uh, for Sydney going forward, although they do only have the Gold Coast. Um, but, um, yeah, the GWS, listen, they fought hard. They were behind most of the match. And, uh, you know, whether it was a lucky kick or not in the end or a fortunate, um, they got the win and... Um, you know, the, going forward now, they'll have a good test, see where they are against the Bulldogs at home this week. Mm. 
Port Adelaide got the job done against Carlton. Not too many highlights. Everyone's picked uh, Carlton apart, and at the moment, they are our little bunny. Uh, the Brisbane-Essendon game, little hat tip to you, MG. I think the total started at 175 here. What was it, a 20-point swing or, or more with, with the rain teaming down in Brisbane? You're, yeah. you're smiling because you hit a 50-point middle in play as well. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was easy for you, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you were. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to lie. You, you, you do wait for these games. As a result of the year for you, was it your biggest biggest well, only win? Four, only four weeks in. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good result for the weekend. Um, and you don't get too many opportunities like this. But uh, listen, we drew it up. Um, the bookies decided to put up 175. Uh, unfortunately, one. Well, for the, it's good for the punters at the moment with the bookies. You know, there's one one place putting up the totals, and everyone else is following. So. Um, you know, if that trader is not doing uh, due diligence on the weather, um, you know, I said to you when they posted the total at 175, um, we went early, we went big, um, and when the rain came, you know, it did move from 175 down to 153, uh, and then at half time again, you just, uh, you know, pays dividends sometimes to watch the radar, and uh, the rain cleared, and um, they were low born at half time, so we were able to back the over. Uh, for a good amount and uh, easy middle. So wish we had more games like that. Mm, exactly. We love weather. It's crucial when you're doing the form. You need to be all over the bomb.gov.au. Uh, Adelaide Fremantle, we completely fluffed that one. It was an air swing. We do not hide from that at all. And the Hawthorne-Melbourne game. It was close early, but uh, Melbourne found a second gear and uh, they all of a sudden steal themselves this week against the Tigers. They'll need to be at their best. Hawks look a genuine bottom four side. And again, um, there was a couple of uh, key key moments in that match. Drop mark in the goal square to level the scores. Won't mention his name, but um, it's, it's really bleak down at Hawthorne. We need to... Uh, be a bit more ruthless with some of our selection decisions. Um, and then Geelong versus the Kangas. Some touted this as the ugliest game that they'd seen for the first half, for the whole year. I was lucky enough to miss the first half, yeah. but I saw the KO minis and there wasn't many highlights out of that anyway. Yeah, no, unfortunately, um, as good as the scheduling has been by the AFL in the uh, first half of the round, they're putting the poor games on the Sunday, and the mm. Sunday's generally... Family been, day, anyway. Yeah, it's probably true. Maybe <laughs> they're setting it up that way because the, some of the football um, games on the Sunday have been atrocious, and uh, myself, I'm just uh, trying to uh, keep telling myself to stay out of the Sunday games for uh, the sting and also my personal um, because I keep getting caught in these pretty ordinary matches, and um, that's the standard of that game was... Uh, horrendous i don't know whether it's geelong not going as well as they want or the kangaroos have just got to drag teams down to their level to you know play ugly football but um yeah the replay was hard work mm, kangas are in free fall that uh that's our quick look and quick preview or sorry review of the afl but das if you're reviewing and previewing the ponies on the weekend Yes, puntingform.com.au, perfect for post-race review. Its black book and sectional times database is used by the biggest punters in Australia. It even has data for Singapore and Hong Kong racing too. Find your edge with Punting Form. Up next, we're going to look at AFL Round 6, the big blockbusters. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional punters. We've got MG here and Darcy Spinks, and we have had a fill-up last week, and we can't wait for AFL Round 6. We did say last week looked a, an appetising uh, fixture, and I tell you what, this week looks as good. AFL Sting is on fire. I think he's seven units up for the year, and he's just starting to hum. Let's uh, have a look at the first game. Whoa, I'm a little bit shocked here. I went to say Thursday night football, but no, it's Friday night. And 
Wow, there's a chance of snow here. We've had a look at the uh, the radar and the forecast, and I think it's, it drops down to a, a chilly one degree at uh, Monica over in Canberra. But uh, market, please, Das. Yep. So GWS is three dollars twenty versus Western Bulldogs at a dollar thirty-seven, and the line is nineteen and a half. Hmm. Interesting one here. The dogs. Go onto the road and then they get out of the dome, importantly. Oh, they had Ballarat as a little bit of a pipe opener to the cold weather, but how do you see this uh, match? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. It was a bit like the Sydney GWS last week. We were, um, we're going to see where both sides were, and now the Giants have responded and won two. Um, Bulldogs are obviously 5-0 and and travelling beautifully. Um, good little test for the Bulldogs, I think. Um, you know, do they have one eye on Richmond the week after? Um, maybe take the Giants a little light. Um the Giants in Canberra will be happy to, uh, sorry, to want to produce for their supporters at home. Uh, yes, it's going to get cold. Probably won't be one degree when they're playing. Um, but, uh, you know, I just think, uh, I think if I was having a bet in this game, I'd be back in the Giants at the plus 19 and a half. I think, um, you know, maybe a bit of weather, maybe a bit cold might be a low-scoring slug affair. Um, you know, I think it might be another close contest maybe. So if you're betting, I'd be uh, maybe looking at the Giants plus 19.5 or even the 139. Mm, interesting total there, 157.5. And it's just been nibbled at top sport into 180 the under. Yeah, I think... Um, could be snowing. It could be. <laughs> I think it's a wait and see on the total. I think the total is um, in the low range at the moment. Um, and, you know, I think it's a wait and see at this stage. I wouldn't be jumping into it right now. Mm. Uh, it just reminds me that uh, we've got Little Birdie Beanies about to drop. We've got a little bit of a prototype there. So just in time for the bull, which you're going, I'm not going. I'm going to stay here. But uh, Little Birdie uh, Beanies will be in the shop available soon, just in time for winter. Definitely required if you're going to the game on Friday night, not Thursday, at Monica Oval. Now, Saturday Arvo at the Cattery. We've got uh, Geelong versus West Coast. Odds courtesy topsport.com. Mark it, please. Yeah, Geelong is a dollar fifty-five, and West Coast two dollars fifty, and the line is eight and a half. Well, now nine and a half. Doesn't get any easier for the Cats. I uh, was pretty. Uh, I've been pretty vocal the last couple of weeks, saying how lucky that uh, Geelong have been. The decision going the other way with the Brisbane Lions match, and then all of a sudden Hawthorne. We were a little bit stiff late in the game there. Also, maybe their only win comes at the hands of the Kangas, which you know took them you know half the game to get past. I think this is the first time that Geelong are under serious pressure on their home dunghill for quite some time, Mark. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting match. There's a lot of moving parts in this match at the moment, so uh, just going to hold off for now. Um, there are reports Dangerfield struggling a bit with his ankle. Um, expect Jeremy Cameron to come back in. Um, and West Coast have got some sore boys as well. I know Kennedy might be um, struggling to get up as well with his age on the road. You know, Why risk him? Um, yeah, they may or may not. So just because there's, there's some key in and outs in this game, I'm just going to keep the powder dry for now. Um, I'm a bit surprised that the market kind of moved a bit aggressively um, for Geelong early. They kind of opened six. It did get to 10 uh, last night, and then was just the news of Dangerfield slipped back a little. Um, both teams, uh, three and two, it's a big game for teams wanting to be in the top four. Uh, Geelong don't like to drop games at home, and West Coast aren't great on the road. Um, so it'll be a big test for West Coast, but as you said, the Cats aren't going great. Um, so this this should be a cracking game. Mm. Just got the concrete boots on. They're just too slow at the moment for mine. 
uh, Geelong, so they may need a miracle to get past West Coast. The next match that we're going to talk about is Carlton versus uh, Brisbane on uh, Saturday afternoon. Odds courtesy of topsport.com.au, Das. Carlton, $2.25 versus Brisbane, $1.67, and the line is 7.5, now 8.5. Mm, interesting. I think Brisbane have had a rough end of the stick in terms of the draw early on. They've been on the road a couple of times, a couple of really tough fixtures. They're going a little bit better than uh, most people expect. I think you tipped them up to make the top eight the week before, $1.83. They got the job done against Essendon now, $1.55 to make the top eight. Thoughts here, MG, Carlton, our uh, bunny. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah, no great surprise here. I, I'm, again, I'm surprised that, uh, well, I'm not surprised because, you know, I think I've got a good handle on how the modelers have seen Carlton so far this year. Uh, as we stated a bit previously in the show, they've been back four of the last five times now, so I don't see any reason why the market will jump off them. Um, so, again, it's a bit of a wait-and-see game for me. Um, really like Brisbane in this game, but, it, again, it's just a show patience. I don't think the line's going to move too much uh, to Brisbane's way, so you can just see how it pans out in the next couple of days, wait for teams, things like that. But, um, you know, this will be um, a definite play for Brisbane for me in this game. I'd, I just think they match up better, their midfield's better. Um, it, it'll be played in the forward half of Brisbane, so it's whether Carlton's defence can keep holding up against Br- Brisbane's offence. And I just think Brisbane's offence is starting to click in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, I just don't think Carlton are that good. So I'll be keen to back Brisbane, but I'm just going to show some patience on the market. Mm, I'll be all over the lines in this one. I, yeah, I can't believe they've that they've gone up the price. I think I think the handicap's about ten points the wrong way there. So I'll be diving head first into the Brisbane Lions, even though they're away. That's for sure. Now Saturday night. Anzac Eve is an absolute cracking match here. We've got Melbourne versus Darcy side, the Tigers. Mm. Market, please. I'll be watching that one. So we've got Melbourne, $2.18, and Richmond, $1.71. You're laughing. And the line is 6.5, now 5.5. I think Mark's got a spare ticket, so you guys might uh, go along. (laughs) Get the thermos and uh, rug up. Yeah. Yeah. In a little birdie beanies. Freezing. Darcy, yeah. can, Darcy can bring her wine bottles that she collected from the weekend. That'd be good. I'll need yeah. to buy some more. <laughs> you'll be, you'll I think it's one up. of the only highlights out of the win, out of winter. I spoke to Dad on the phone last night. He goes, how do you feel like this Melbourne weather? I said, it's red season. I think that's the only upside. Right. Well, I guess the footy's on, but uh, nice, nice this red wine. Yeah, we we are true. looking for a wine sponsor. Little Birdie does not have... Uh, we've got our own lager. It's uh, it's just dropped, but uh, if there's anyone out there that uh, knows some good wine, hit us up because we're looking for a wine sponsor. Mark, <laughs> Melbourne, Richmond. Why do you need to put a uh, an ask out for? Darcy knows every wine yeah, deal there is in the state. <laughs> so. I'm sure I can get us one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Thoughts this game? Listen, this, uh, Darcy, you've got to get to this game on Saturday night. Seriously, rug up. And um, this will be, um, you know, this could be one of the games so far of the season for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MCG... Anzac Eve, um, you know, they'll get a massive crowd for this. Hopefully they can open the gates and re- really push the boundaries with the crowd. Um, yeah, what a matchup. Melbourne 5-0, and undefeated. Um, you can only beat who's put up in front of you. They haven't been tested as yet. Um, and, you know, they'll get a full test on Saturday night against Richmond, who, um, a- as we stated before, I just think Hardwick is, uh, you know, he, he he's that good. He maps out the season and 
he trains his team and lets them go accordingly to what the, the fixture is. And, you know, seeing Richmond live last week was uh, was crazy, the pressure, you know, from the week before. They just stepped it up and, you know, it was definitely in mind. Unfortunately, St Kilda copped their wrath, but, you know, Richmond has really set themselves for the next two weeks, I have no doubt, um, having two undefeated teams in a fortnight and they'll want to bury both of them. Um, I think, um, you know, again, I think this market, they really like Melbourne so mm. far. You know, they posted 10 at the start of the week. Which Crazy. I, which, which I thought was about, you know, I thought it was about right. I'm, I'm keen on Richmond in this game. Um, again, though, you can just sit back because the money will come for Melbourne. Um, and I just think with the modellers at the moment, especially, and just the, the media on Melbourne 5-0, they're talking premierships. Mm. You know, they've got one of the most dominant players in the game at Max the moment. Max Gorn, blah, blah, blah. Max Gorn's airborne the last two weeks. Um, but, you know, this, this game may get down to maybe two or three. And, um, uh, you know, if you go back through the history of seeing Richmond at the MCG in the last four years, uh, that's an amazing price to bet. So um, I'm going to be real keen on Richmond. But, uh, again, it's just waiting to see for the market. You can wait for the teams to come out. Um, you can bet the early games, um, but make sure you steal yourself a Saturday night because um, Richmond are going to be a good price to bet. And uh, I'm up and about for the Tigers this week. <laughs> I can see it in your eye, and it's, uh, it's a good segue into one of our questions for the week. Uh, the viewer at home is Pete Roberts. It's uh, directed to you, Mark. What? Uh, how much weight do you place on past matchups between two teams when betting? Feel like going back further than 12 months is irrelevant, given how much teams and game plans change. Seen too many analysts. Uh, inverted commas, look back three-plus years for stats on covering the line, exclamation point. Interesting. Yeah, good question. Um, listen, my, again, it's personal preference. It all depends. You know, I think uh, when you go along and do your form, whether it's horse racing or whatever sport you do, you've <laughs> got to put your, your key factors in order of what you look for. Um, and, you know, if you know when I'm doing something like tennis, head-to-head history is huge. Mm. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter whether it goes back uh, 12 months or it goes back five or 10 years. Um, when you play certain players, and I know it's one-on-one. Certain um, decks? Nadal on clay? 100%, yeah. So, um, you know, as far as AFL doing the analysts, I personally I only go back five. Um, you know, I think that's enough. So whether that's, um, you know, generally around that two, three years that he was asking, um, I generally only go back five. But I also keep an eye on that, you know, if a team does dominate and they have won eight, 10, 12 in a row against a side... Uh, streak doesn't happen for a reason, mm. um, and and I am big on, um, you know, sides having the wood over someone, mm. and it can be in the current. But if you get on a streak, um, you know, I'd rather see that you streak broken before you go out there and want to make a statement to oppose it. So it's one of the factors, but it's definitely not at the yeah. high end of it. Um, but it's you know, again, it's just part of the recipe that you come up to get your price that you that you bet off. Mm, exactly. Sides can dramatically can change dramatically, and so do the rules. So I think you just need to be fluid. And I think a great example of that is, uh, I guess, on, on the, for the total the other night, you smash the you smash the closer. But every pro punter I know, it doesn't matter whether it's AFL, NRL, horse racing, they adjust. In horse racing, the track conditions change from race one to race nine, and the best and the most profitable judges keep on evolving and adapting. So to tie yourself to any stat or any metric is folly in my opinion and i think you just need to be fluid and prepared to be wrong or change your opinion and move to what you see and get the latest possible information and that's why i think most punters hang out at twitter they want the latest news and most breaking news to to be put in front of them so then they can reassess reevaluate know what the crowd are thinking and then 
um, implement what they're going to do yeah, based think, on that, that market. I think your formula of how you go about it has got to be flexible. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you called it fluid, and I think, you know, you've got to be flexible. And I think a lot of, um, you know, analysts or price assessors or raters, um, modelers are the same. They spend a lot of time reviewing what's going on, you know, and a lot of the best punters always make themselves a cannibal. They know where they win, where they lose, um, you know, whether it's head-to-head betting, line, totals, whatever they do. Um, you know, for horse races, it's, it's very much tracks orientated, mm. jockeys or trainers that they follow. Um, so with a football, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you've definitely got to be um, flexible and also review each week that goes on, review your year, um, but definitely play in the now for sure. Mm. Couldn't agree more. He's on fire, AFL Sting, and if you want to follow his action and get his full set, Das? Check out MG's tips and analysis for round six AFL in the Little Birdie Shop. Get week six for $17 or week six to 12 for $99 or the whole season for $333. Located on www.littlebirdiepod.com. Fantastic stuff. Make sure you check Mark's analysis out. It's pages and pages. He puts a lot of time into it and... It's the, it probably is the difference between winning and losing. I know how much it's helping me this season now. Let's have a look at uh, buy, hold, and sell. Another area that Mark's been absolutely on fire. Western Bulldogs are his pin-up team. They are travelling absolutely beautiful. He's read that like a book. I think his only blemish is Adelaide for the wooden spoon. I keep reminding him. He keeps laughing, but uh, it's a nice little sore point. We have to keep him in check, definitely. Uh, can't let his ego get out of control. Now, Premiership Market, Das, your Tigers again. Richmond Tigers, $4.40. Western Bulldogs, $5.50. Port Adelaide Power, $6. Geelong Cats, $9.00. West Coast Eagles, $9. Melbourne Demons, $10. Brisbane Lions, $13. And Sydney Swans at $16. Thoughts there, MG. Not much fat in that market to my eye. I think Geelong are missing a zero. They should be close to 100 to 1 (laughs) off recent form. But watch them improve with uh, some key ins. But they they just look too slow. Yeah, you've been you've been a big layer of Geelong. And it's it's certainly they're getting out in the market. And, uh, you know... yeah, I, I'm not sure about Geelong. I've just kind of left them out. I haven't spoken too much about them this year. Um, they're not one of my sides that I kind of focus around. I just think with the home ground advantage, the team that they've got, they'll definitely be in the finals. I can't see them missing the finals. Um, I just find them a bit difficult to assess at the moment because I'm not sure whether it's the change of the rules, the game style, or they just got a few key players out. But um, yeah, this week, I mean, last week, I think I said that I would be buying West Coast. Um, and, you know, I know they're going to the Cattery this week, but I, I look in, in a month in a, ahead um, when, I'm, when I'm putting these out. And I just think West Coast, um, if you look at their draw beyond Geelong, their next six weeks, I'd be surprised if they don't win all six or maybe drop one. So if they get over Geelong this week, mm. um, they could really go on a roll and win six or seven out of their next six or seven games. The $9, I think they will definitely shorten when, when we come back and look at it in six weeks' time. Um, if you're on the, the ones we've mentioned so far, Richmond, Brisbane, Bulldogs, I'd be holding. Um, I think they're tracking in the right direction. Melbourne on one to lay for the layers out there um, week to week. Um, I think Melbourne at $10, Sydney at 16 would be the ones I'm looking at. Um, and you can cash your chips on the Collingwood and Kilda that we've uh, laid in the first couple of weeks. They're done. Mm, couldn't agree more. Uh, we touched upon the final eight betting, $1.83 Brisbane last week. They're now in $1.55. Your notes there, you're still buying. But the market that everyone's starting to slightly talk about it, and let's pray that it's an equal count for once and there's not a tearaway leader in this one, but that's the Brownlow medal. 
Who's the favourite there? Dusty. So Dustin Martin, $4.10. Marcus Bontempelli, $7. Christian Petrarca, $8.75. Travis Boak, $11. Lockie Neal at $14. Tom Mitchell at $15. Jackson McRae at $16. Jack Steele at $17. Nat Five $18. Patrick Cripps, $18. And Clayton Oliver at $20 and Max Gorn at $20. Wow, three Demons players within that uh, the top 15 players there. MG, crazy. Yeah, I like two of them. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just think on the hold factor, um, you know, we've, we've mentioned a few weeks and, you know, you can only buy um, and sell what's in front of you week to week. So it's more the approach on people coming in fresh. If they're mm-hmm. seeing a podcast for the first time and they want to get involved in the futures, this is this segment that, um, you know, we take week by week. Um, you know, I think uh, Petrarca, we, we kind of suggested around the $19 a couple of weeks ago. He's into a, he's into his right price now, but I, I wouldn't put anyone off backing him right now. I think he's going really well. Same with Gorn, 41 into $21. Again, his last two weeks have been very good. Um, if you like him, um, wouldn't say no to him. The two Bulldogs players, uh, McRae and Bontepelli, are both going very well um, and worth a ticket if you haven't played yet. Uh, the other one, I'm going to stick fat with this guy, Neil. Um, you know, I just think short-term memories, he, you know, he may have had a little injury. He said he'd come out and had a back problem. Now they say it's fixed. He played a pearler on the weekend. Um, he seems a decent price. Uh, it's good to see top sports, actually. I'll give him a wrap out because a few of these bookies, uh, they've got some tight markets on the Brownlow. Mm. Um, and I noticed just comparing the markets this weekend that top sports are actually 410 Martin. So they're taking the opinion that he's way too short. A few bookies around have got him 350, 360, mm. uh, five rounds in. Um, he's poison in my opinion he's played some good games and he did have 34 34 touches on the weekend I'm not sure he's guaranteed a vote though um, so it'll be interesting to see come Brownlow night um, two I'm still selling is Mitchell who's in an ordinary side I know you know he has won a Brownlow so he does pile and uh, Cripps for mine in Carlton he's uh the boogies just refused to move him out. Um, mm. He should be at least double that price. Mm. Marcus Bontempelli at $7 and Jackson McRae at 16 Look uh, enticing to me. The Bulldogs are just going to win a lot of games and get a lot of votes. And those two guys are absolutely airborne at the moment. Our favourite market all of a sudden is uh, the Coleman Medal. My man, Texas Walker. Das. Yeah, so Taylor Walker, $3.40. Josh J. Kennedy, $6. Harry McKay, $8.00. Tom Lynch, $8. Charlie Dixon, $9. Jack Revolt, $9. Tom Hawkins, $10. Jack Darling, $12. Joe Danaher, $15. And Josh Bruce at $15. Thoughts there. The Texans starting to, the gravity starting to get a hold of him. I think he's, what, five, six, and now he's down to two goals. Has is is he run out of petrol, the Texan? Uh, he's running low. Um yeah, he's still he's still the only lay. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a market I play in the common. I, I just think it's uh, it's too hard right now. It's too open. Um, if you like a player, then you know you want to invest. Great for multis. Uh, you get good value by the same token. Um, outside of the favourite, I think there is some value. Uh, the big forwards will will sort themselves out as the year goes on. I just don't think Texan will be there at one of them. I think Adelaide, um, you know, could drop off. The supply drops off, and uh, maybe Tex might drop off as well. I wouldn't be jumping in at the three forty. Mm, Charlie Dixon, the nine dollars is somewhat enticing for me. Mm-hmm. He'll need to have a really big season though to get that one. 
if you're doing the form this week or want to create a model, that's... Puntingform.com.au, Australia's best online sectional times database. Buy their raw data to build your own model. Contact Puntingform to find out more. Uh, sensational stuff. Their stats are absolutely brilliant, so make sure you give them a bit of a look. Puntingform.com.au, it will be the difference of your horse racing betting. It's changed my life in the last couple of years. I cannot do the form without it. Up next, we're going to talk NRL with Top Rope Tedeschi, and we'll start with the Hall of Fame. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professional punters. Got MG and Darcy here, and it's our favourite time of the show. It's Top Rope Tedeschi time. Welcome back to the show. Can you be a professional punter, Scoot, if you've got no money left after a week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talk about mentors a lot at raise.org.au, and we're struggling with lock of the week. We might have to send a mentor up your way, big fella, but uh, it's always send tough. A mentor, send a mentor and a bag of cash, please. <laughs> oh, you've got to pick yourself up in this game One bad week on the punt doesn't define you as a punter top rope Lucky you've got deep pockets, lucky you've got plenty And lucky you've got plenty of that resilience I think punters are the most resilient creatures on earth, wouldn't you say? Absolutely uh, uh, Never forget your loss, but we move on from pretty quick it would have only, the, the, the bet count would have only been about 450 from, uh, from the last rugby league game of the weekend So we'll fight back, we'll fight back <laughs> Oh, let's uh, let's take the heat out of it and uh, let's talk Hall of Fame. We've got a Hall of Fame each week. We talk about someone who's done something amazing for us on the punt. And, hey, we need a hero this week, that's for sure. Perth Wildcats' Bryce Cotton made the Hall of Fame last week. We've had Moses and Bai. We've had Mattress Matt, who bets against his own shop promotions. Cam Munster's in there. Jamie Carr's in there. Fletch is in there. I'm sure I'm going to get in there some stage. If uh, Miami Bound had have won the Sydney Cup, I'd be in there. I declare it as a moral, and sure enough, she runs third. Absolutely sickening stuff. MG, let's try it again. I know you try to get Pappenhausen in. You sort of just get knocked back each week. I sort of like watching you get knocked back. <laughs> Who have you got for this week, Hall of Fame? Or are you too flat? I am flat. I've got... <laughs> You know, it's one of the, it's a loser I back every week. Is you know, you build me up. You say, do some research. You know, contribute something to the NRL segment. Top rope will listen to you occasionally, and uh, I just keep coming up donuts. So uh, I didn't want to offer up anything this week because he's had such a bad week. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. There was, it was a pretty plain week in sort of um, in the sport that I watched. You know, there was no real heroes or anything like that. It was just. Uh, you know, it was just going along. So I, I can't help Top Rope. I'm not helping his week out at all by giving him a suggestion. Right, I liven it up for us, Top Rope. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You, you the NRL betting was pretty boring this week as well. There, kid. You were. I was sitting back thinking, kids are moral this week. We're going to put a smile on this man's dial, and nothing, nothing. So uh, disappointing. So Hall of Fame. We're just going to go to a legend of the game. I've got, I've got nothing. You, you scoot. You got you got anything from this week? Otherwise, we're going to go to maybe Australia's greatest ever gambler. I'd probably I'd probably nominate uh, Mark Goodwill. Four out of five winners. If it, but uh, I think the little one, Adelaide Crows knocking him over. If he had gone five for five, I'd nominate him as a genuine contender. But uh, no one really gets it uh, for me at all this week. No, I'm out. I'm looking forward to seeing an Australia's greatest punter. Is that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I did want to I did want to nominate PVL again for his <laughs> comments in the Sydney Morning Herald when. Uh, he did a quick Q&A and asked for his best bit of advice. He says, never watch AFL or soccer. <laughs> so he, he, doesn't, he doesn't miss an opportunity 
So got to respect that. Uh, I, I think we're going to put in Kerry Packer, the great man. <laughs> Kerry man. Packer it, it, into the Hall of Fame. I'll just, he, he's, he's, he's in the head because his son is completely stuffed up this casino. <laughs> deal in, 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 in. And you think, yeah, it's hard to get a good second generation punter. But Kerry, uh, <laughs> some of his tales, unbelievable. One of my favourites was uh, he was sitting at a table in uh, Vegas and a, a, a loud bloke rocked up next to him and goes, how much do you, do you know how much I'm worth? Kerry goes, no idea. He goes, 100 million. Kerry just goes, toss you for it. Love this. Which I just loved. Love it. He, uh, he lost $2 million on the 1987 Sydney Cup when he loaded up on a horse called Myocard. Only to lose by a nose to Kerry's own horse, Major Drive. That was a little stiff. Sydney Cup, wasn't uh, it? And, um, of course, he, he, he's plonks on Might and Plough and Jezebel were stuff of legend. So Kerry Packer into the Hall of Fame. On a rough week and a week that uh, Top Rope's done his Kyber, seems to be a great addition, <laughs> Kerry Packer. Now let's uh, let's look at uh, the NRL futures before we start diving into the uh, to the big matches. It's been a massive, massive week of NRL. It's been an absolute corker, but it's been quite some time since we've looked at the uh, the Premiership market. Dars, can you run us through the uh, the top of the market there? Uh, we have Penrith Panthers at three dollars fifty, Melbourne Storm four dollars sixty, South Sydney Rabbitohs at four dollars sixty, Parramatta Eels nine dollars, Sydney Roosters nine dollars fifty, Canberra Raiders. $11. Gold Coast Titans at $26. St. George Dragons at $31. And Newcastle Knights at $41. Top rope, you're all over South Sydney Rabbits early. I think it was $13 you tipped them up. And Melbourne Storm $460 is the other way that you'd like to play there. I think they were about $6 or $8. They were over the odds at the start of the year. They're the teams you like. You've been against Penrith. Who is there any fat in the market at the moment? I think, you, I think there is... I think the, the Storm are still well over the odds. I'm, I'm a little surprised they're not favourites for, for the Premiership, to be honest. Uh, they've got... They're starting to get their full time. They've had a really hard draw to start the year. Yeah, Craig Bellamy knows when you win a Premiership, and it's not in, it's not in April, so... Uh, oh, I still think there's plenty of fat there. I think if there's one team outside you could get on board with, I think the Roosters are, are, are an OK bet at, at the 9.50... It's look, they're they're well coached. They're missing a half, which is the key thing. But it wouldn't surprise me if they went and recruited Gareth Widdop or or uh, another big name from overseas. And they've got um, young Sam Walk coming through, so he'll take a little bit of time. Sam Beryl's back this week. He's the best hooker. I, I think there's a, a, a bit of fat on the chooks there. Hmm. Interesting uh, angle off an absolute belting from the storm. It seems like it's a uh, year of the fullback at the moment. We've had Turbo come back, Tedesco, Pappenhausen. I tell you what, the New South Wales Origin team, head scratcher there. What do they do? Well, what they've done the last few years is they've had Trebojevic uh, and Clint Gutherson playing in the centres and, and uh, Tedesco at fullback. I think this year you'll see Tedesco at fullback. You'll see probably Trebojevic uh, in the centres. I don't think you'll see Gutherson. you probably see Pappenhausen on the bench, uh, number 14, bench utility. Mark, are you OK? You look like you've... Uh, you look like your heart stopped there. Pappenhausen on the pine. Origin. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, Tosh. Never, 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 never go against a Tedesco slash Tedeschi. When we were discussing this earlier, I said to Nico, surely Pappenhausen starts at fullback and Tedesco goes to the wing, but you, you, you say Tedesco holds holds a fullback? Oh, he's the captain of the side. Yeah. He's, he's not going anywhere. Right. He's, he's a, a dollar one to start. Poor Pappenhausen. Mm. I can't believe Poor that. I, don't th- <laughs> I think anyone that starts him on the bench is folly, but uh, I don't know about you, Top Rope, but uh, there's a show down here called AFL 360. We don't watch it. It's unwatchable stuff, but the NRL 360 is borderline as well, but a cracking line that uh, I heard from Brandon, Brandon Smith was uh, that uh, the NRL 360 should be called 120 and Paul Kent sacked. I absolutely lost it. He is a funny, funny man, Brandon Smith. He was on fire on the Matty John show the other night. Thoughts there? He's great. Uh, I'm a, I, he also said James Super should be sacked, and I'm fully on board that. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Paul Kent, I, I don't like Kempty for one reason. If you've seen it, Good Times with Paul Kent, is in the old Good Times theme music, is the best segment on television of a week. So uh, I, 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 I like 360 because I hate myself, and, <laughs> and I feel sorry for the great Ben Eichen. Who's going to deal with these bunch of bonkers around him? But it's uh, it makes for a decent television. Uh, fantastic stuff. We're gonna uh, we're gonna steam we're gonna keep steaming in. Bugger it. We'll just keep going into the uh, round seven action. I tell you what. Talking about PVL, hasn't Gil McLaughlin given PVL the biggest free kick of all time? Thursday night footy. There's none in AFL world. It's only NRL. Top right. Has he stopped it? What's he stopped it for? Well, he just he loves to loves to give the NRL one up. He's you know they've made a meal of it down here. I can't believe it. It's the highlight of Mark's week. I think he's not missed an AFL winner on Thursday night footy. So flatters attack there. But all of a sudden you've got a game like Geelong West West Coast that should be on the Friday night. You push the Western Bulldogs and GWS Giants to Thursday night, and all of a sudden the uh, the Geelong West Coast game has to contend with Racing, who's been a, a you know the big. Uh, the big grower in COVID times. Free kick PBL. Thursday night AFL gone. I'll be honest. PBL doesn't need the opportunity. That's a dangerous, dangerous move by Gil. Very, let's very look, concerning. Let's look at the odds of Thursday night football at Penrith Stadium. We've got the Panthers versus Knights. Odds, Dars. Yep. So we have Penrith Panthers at $1.12. Newcastle Knights at $6.25. And the line is 16 and a half, And the total is 40 and a half. Absolutely humming the Penrith Panthers. Pong is back for the Knights. Starting to look absolutely shit hot. Top row, thoughts here? You give me the Penny Panthers. I was on the big minus last week, and they disappointed us. Never really a runner there. Uh, but the, the narrative is a little, a little clearer this week. Uh, they're back at home. They were away last week. Brisbane were up because of uh, Milford being dropped. Penrith were a bit flat because they were getting slammed in the media, a bit distracted. This is Penrith back to normal. They've covered 15 or 21 at home of a win. Oh, I, I think this will be an absolute touch-up. I can see Penrith uh, relenting the shoulders, the shoulders down here and, uh, and scoring plenty. I can see it's... I love that. Uh, wounded off a couple of big minuses, and the first punch that Nick Tedeschi throws is back into the minus. He is not scared <laughs> whatsoever. Doesn't take a backward step. I absolutely love that. Uh, let's talk about the Friday night game, Gold Coast Titans versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. You heard the uh, the final seconds of the Rabbitohs game last week in our opener. Tommy Burgess. Wasn't that absolute carnage scenes, top rope? He's put the... Wow. Put the 
He's put the try down, and they've run the other field, down the end of the field, West Tigers, to score a try. It's been awarded, gone up on the scoreboard. Reverso, magically, Tom Burgess put the put the, uh, put the the Sharon down or the Steeden down, and it's uh, lights out. Yeah, I've never seen a finish like that. So uh, pretty wild stuff, but that's the, that's the greatest game of all for you. Another, another tip of the cap to PVL on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darcy, uh, Gold Coast Titans, South Sydney odds, please, at Seabus Stadium Friday night. Yep, so Gold Coast Titans at $2.80 and South Sydney Rabbitohs at $1.44. And the line is 6.5 and the total's 42. Oh, looks absolutely fat odds. The bunnies here. Top rope. Yeah, uh, hard game to assess. A uh, couple of big suspensions. Big turnovers out for the Gold Coast, but Latrell suspended four weeks for... Uh, the bunnies. Uh, Josh Mansour out for a couple of weeks too. So, uh, leaning towards the bunnies here, we had a lot of confidence here. They cover off a win with 60%. Titans have been really good at home. Titans have bounced back behind the whole world, but I, I, I haven't shown it up against the lead team. So, I'm happy to take the minus small, but not a lot of confidence. Mm. Interesting uh, matchup. And the other good one on Friday night is Parramatta Eels versus the Broncos at TO Stadium. Odds, please, Dars. Parramatta Eels, $1.19. Brisbane Broncos, $4.75. And the line is 13 and a half. And the total is 41 and a half. Mm, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Interesting fixture up in Darwin. Hard to know what to make of this one, Top Road. Uh, yeah, Parramatta played pretty well in Darwin. They're... they're... They've kind of been going up over the last seven, eight years. They've covered four of the, four of the last five in Darwin, so so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident the Eels. They were, if you remember, they played round one, these guys. Brisbane jumped to a 16-0 lead. Parra came back and won 24-16 in the second half. So uh, I, I think that Parra will do a number on them here. They're, they're really good off the team. They, they beat Canberra 25 last week. Broncos... Lifted last week, but now they're on the road again. They're been covered out of the last 24. They're poor away from Suncorp. Give me a minus again. Mm, love it. He is absolutely staunch with the gap between the best and the worst side. Sunday is a really interesting match. Things have changed at Manly with Tommy Turbo back. We've got West Tigers versus Manly at Bankwest Stadium on uh, Sunday Arvo. Ask odds, please. West Tigers at $2.55, Manly Sea Eagles at $1.52. The line is five and a half, and the total is 44 and a half. Is Tommy Turbo the panacea for the Sea Eagles? Yeah, look, he, he, he really is. He's uh, maybe a pretty handy Titan, so 36 now. His defensive organisation is, is as good as any in the, in the pullback in the competition. But he, he, he just brings the rest of the team up with him, so... Uh, I think Manly Whitney think the Tigers are a very ordinary side, but there's a real good bet in this game. Best total of the week, over 44 and a half. Uh, 11 of the last 12 between these two, I think 42 or more points. Over in 10 of 12, Manly a big over team in day games. Tigers a big over team at Bankwest. I think this lines up. I think those look for a bit of value. 61 plus points, about the $10 mark will be a bet. Mm. It was uh, it was scintillating stuff to watch Manly last week. I couldn't believe it. Even Mark saw a bit of Tommy Turbo action on the KO minis, and you were up and about, weren't you, MG? You were a big fan of Tommy Turbo. Yep. He's like a bigger version of the Pappenhausen. <laughs> <Mark's>, <laughs> Mark is uh, absolutely Pappenhausen-ized at the moment. 
on our uh, on our Twitter page, we uh, we fling out uh, the short videos from this show, and he tipped up uh, two or more tries, Pappenhausen last week, and I was all over the uh, the Pappenhausen any time, and I think it was like dollar ninety six, and I thought that was just money. That that's that's got the two dollars top rope any time, oh, and no, then he, he found he found. And he was five fifty for the so, two or yeah, more. Yeah, five fifty in a four. And in the second half, he found space twice. The commentator mouthed him on one. When <laughs> did you, did you watch that match where he goes, Pappenhausen's <laughs> away, sound the alarm, and then the winger came from <laughs> the winger came and cra- car crashed him. Oh, that was a it stiff was. beat. A stiff beat. And then he was, look- was and then he was looking for the back pass. He looked for the back pass late in the game, and uh, he didn't throw it. The Melbourne guy. If I have one criticism of Pappenhausen. He's got to get a bit of mongrel in. You know what? Stop being so selfless. Be a selfish prick and score all the tries yourself. You're the oh, best player on the field. Just go. Nothing wrong with scoring three every week. Mm, he's about 75, ah, ki- 75 kilos, ringing wet, and that's why he's so electric. I like him. Liking him to an electric eel. He is so quick and so good. He won't be starting on the bench in Origin. Me and Mark are now the selectors of the Origin team. Don't you worry about it. You, you do a better job than the current New South Wales selectors. <laughs> oh, what we're not doing a good job is of lock of the week. We are absolutely paddling here. Uh, no thanks to Josh Kelly. I missed a five-leg all-up thanks to a Josh Kelly late late little snap, and it was a three dollar twenty all up there, so I'm absolutely howling about that one, but uh, Top Rope was absolute carnage, he uh, put a couple of big lines into each other, and uh, MG you're the only one to trouble the scorers there Back out into the lead I am Yeah, yeah. Richmond minus into uh, West Coast Eagles, so you've collected $382, Top Rope, how are you going to spend your $200? Put a little four leg multi for us, just to really get back in form <laughs> <laughs> A little four leg head to head multi Penrith, Para, Cronulla, Canberra. Penrith, Para, Cronulla, Canberra at $1.96 there, the safe way to go. MG? Safe. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of cheering. Uh, We're just going to have to donate out of our own pockets for the charity at the end of the year because at this stage we're we're all going to end up with donuts. Um, I'm going to put my, what have I got, 382. Um... Just a head-to-head for me. I think the price is two eighty-five, and I am going to have Brisbane head-to-head into Richmond. So the old favourite, Richmond. I'm up and about Richmond <laughs> this week. Don't look, at the, don't look at me like that, Nico. Um, Brisbane Richmond head-to-head. Two eighty-five is the price, and we'll have the three eighty-two on it. So next week it will. Uh, I'll be a thousand in front. Mm, okay. What we're trying to do here is with lock of the week. We're trying to get to the magical five thousand dollar mark to donate to charity raise.org.au they provide mentors for teen youths and top rope needs a mentor at the moment but uh to help uh, get kids back on the right track mentors are super important we all sort of believe in that so yeah the five thousand dollar mark seems a long way off i'm going to try a little the, bit the, of the, way tra- the way we're tracking scoot um, our four-year-old now is going to be in line for this mentor <laughs> because <laughs> we are a long way away Oh, God, we couldn't even pay for the water for the mentoring session at the moment, but we will get there. We'll make sure that raise.org.au is part of our next stream, so we'll definitely get there for charity. We've uh, done a good job so far in that one, but I'm going to try another little cross-code multi and hope I don't get bloused on the siren. I'm going to go Melbourne Storm, the Papamalzen, into uh, the Western Bulldogs, $1.37, into Brisbane Lions, $1.67, into the Bombers. I think the Bombers are a lock this week against Collingwood, so... I'm going to flare that right up. A four-leg multi. The Storm into three AFL teams there. $5.43. And 
I'll be right with you on the $1,000 mark for my 200 for charity. Fantastic stuff. Top rope, Tedeschi. Good luck on the weekend. You'll pick yourself up. You'll bounce back like all good punters do. Look to PBL for inspiration. <laughs> oh, it's been a fantastic show this week. MG, any final thoughts? No, looking forward to it. Going to, I think I'll go to a couple of games. Um, Mad fan. I'll go watch Darcy's team on the uh, Saturday night, Richmond, Melbourne, and nice. I will think I'll be at the Essendon Collingwood uh, Anzac Day on Sunday. So um, that'd be good. Darcy, you know, that'd partner cool. Mark to the footy, Richmond. <laughs> Richmond D's on Saturday night. Let's just see what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> better off. It's past her bedtime. No, I was actually thinking it would be fun to go to the football on a Saturday night. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I do have um, a birthday on Saturday. So we'll see whether I make it. Mm, but I'll try and watch it regardless. Yeah, well, that's good. Good stuff. Uh, I'll be definitely going along to the Collingwood Essen game, and let's hope they start to raise the crowd limits for everyone's sake. It is absolute carnage. COVID's over and done with at the moment, so uh, let everyone back to support grassroots footy all the way up to the Anzacs, and let more people go to the march. It is absolutely crazy that uh, there's no COVID here, and no one's allowed to do anything. Been a fantastic show. Uh, see you next week. Make sure you follow us on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify. We're on the YouTube channel. Let Little Birdie TV is where you're going to find us. And the Little Birdie Lager is starting to get around the traps as well. So we'll start to uh, dish out some free samples and tell us what you like or don't like about our mid-strength lager. But uh, have a great weekend, Ars. We'll see you next week. Yes, see you guys. MG, little sign-off. See you, mate. Good luck with the pump. <laughs> see you guys.